Thank you very much, Rob. We'll catch up again with you later. So what's news? Well, we are looking at uh, the issue of mental health and uh, particularly with uh, mental illnesses and people who live with mental illnesses. Uh, I would imagine that if you saw the video yesterday, which did the rounds uh, certainly over the weekend as well, Mm -hmm. of uh, a man who was seen in a video pushing a woman in a store and, of course, the case was open against him and it turned out that he is mentally ill. Now, a lot of questions were raised around why he was just sort of left walking around like that if he's not okay, is there support for him? And generally, when it comes to mental illnesses, what sort of support as families and as communities, as society, are we giving to those who are living with uh, mental illnesses? Well, joining mm-hmm. us on the line to weigh in on this is Sinetemba Nombala Makanya, who is a researcher, PhD student in medical humanities and psychology at WITS. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Ma? I'm very well, and you? I'm good, thank you. How do we support people living with mental illnesses better as families and as communities as well? Uh, and I suppose as families and communities, we need to be that much more vigilant because in truth, our country really doesn't have the capacity to have everyone with a mental illness in an institution. And so I would think as a family or as communities, firstly, we must educate ourselves. What does mental illness look like? How does a person with a mental illness act like? When is mental illness a danger to the family and the community? And when it does become a danger, I must say it's a double-edged sword because safety first safety of yourself as a family member, as a community member, but also the safety of the person struggling with a mental illness. Um, And mm, we would say then, when they do become a danger, institutionalization would be the way forward. However, in this country, it's not as cut and dry. And so there's also other ways to educate yourself, as I said, um, but also to think of what other systems. So as in in Nyanga, there's also a spiritual kind of support that a person who's mentally ill can be given. So depending on whether a person goes to church or whether they are um, traditional in in terms that they go to a traditional healer, I would say having a close connection with your pastor, with Umtandazi, with Isangoma, with Inyanga, to then see how to customize the type of support that particular person needs. Snetemba, diagnosing someone with a mental illness is not easy because it's not like a flu where if you've got a sore throat or a headache, there are symptoms that can lead you to believe. Um, You speak of Inyanga and traditional doctors. How important is the education? um, Should... How, how important should the education be directed at them as well so that they are aware and not, not trying to recommend treatments that are not for mental illnesses? You see, that one is a bit difficult because now when we're speaking about educating Izinyanga, we're also kind of speaking about another kind of colonization. Maybe the question should be around how do Izinyanga understand mental illness? Um, and mental health issues. Because as far as I understand, there's a spiritual element to it, but not for everyone. There's um, a physical element to it. There's a social element to it. And so I would say it's important for Inyanga to understand the diagnosis as per the psychologist, but it's also important for the psychologist to understand the diagnosis as per Inyanga. And so I don't know that it's as, as simple as saying one party needs to be educated over another party. In some corners of society, Sinatemba, it would seem that some have thrown in the towel, whether it's a family saying, we've tried everything, taken them to doctors, we give up, or mm-hmm. as a community, mm-hmm. what do you say to, 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 to families and society who think like that? I say it's um, dignity first. 
That's the most important thing. As human beings, we all want to be seen, regardless of whether my mind works in a way that's different to your mind. Um, and so, yeah, just to make sure that the person who is struggling with a mental illness does feel like they're seen and not seen as a person who is struggling with mental illness, but who is seen as a person who has valid um, opinions uh, and values and that can be listened to. Uh, I think that would go a long way in also um, um, in also making sure that the person doesn't feel stigmatized, that they don't feel lesser than. Um, just listen to what the person has to say. And if you have it in your capacity, try understand the way in which they feel because just because they're mentally ill, it doesn't mean that their thoughts are always confused. And in fact, in some cultures, ours included, we sometimes say that the person who is mentally ill is actually having a spiritual awakening. They're actually able to see things beyond what our physical eyes can see. And it actually may be worth listening to them um, and making sure that they know that they have someone there who's listening to them. Sinatemba Nombala Makanya. Thank you so much. Uh, researcher, PhD student in medical humanities and psychology at VIST. She is also uh, Inyang, as uh, she pointed out. Uh, just weighing in on that. Maybe you have a thought or two.